0: We were looking at other races like M2O and Chattajack, and it just so happened that this crossing was precisely 32 miles across from from either you know Port Dalhousie or, or Niagara into Cherry Beach.
1: On September 8th 1954 Marilyn Bell made history when she became the first person to ever swim across Lake Ontario. Fast forward 60 years and friends Dan McCalloch and Rob Kavcic set their own history. When Dan made the first known prone crossing of the lake and Rob made what is believed to be the first completely unassisted stand-up paddleboard crossing. At 32 miles or just over 51 kilometers, Lake Ontario matches what has become a standard marathon distance for SUP. While Hawaii has the Molokai to Oahu, California has the Catalina Classic and Tennessee has the Chattajack, Canada now has the Lake Ontario crossing. Joining me today is Rob Kavcic, race organizer and the man holding the fastest known time, for crossing Lake Ontario on a paddleboard. Stay tuned.
0: This is the Up Podcast with your host, Dan Dakin.
1: Rob, thanks a lot for for joining me here today and uh and I've been looking forward to talking about the the Lake Ontario crossing for a while here. So, thanks for thanks for being here.
0: No problem. Thanks a lot for having me on.
1: So, you know, we've got a lot of paddleboard races in Canada. Uh there's no question and of course they're growing every year the the number of them. Uh we're we're seeing more and more every summer being added to the schedule, but this Niagara to Toronto crossing is it's so unique in Canada, um, as far as you know, it's the only open water, um, paddleboard race in the country, correct?
0: As far as I know, yeah, it's, it's the only, uh, uh, open water race that's escorted and runs a full 32 miles, which is obviously now have, has become the marathon distance standard across the paddleboarding world. Right. So as far as I know, it's, it's pretty unique. Uh, across right. Canada and, and across even like the East coast of the U S and the, in the U S Northeast as well.
1: Yeah. It's funny that, uh, that, that 32 mile distance has become this, this standard, um, just based on some of the, the big races out there. Um, and is it just, is it just coincidence that, uh, our lake, the, when I say our, I'm, I'm a Niagara guy. Uh, and I mean. Lake, Lake Ontario is perfect. It's 50 kilometers, essentially, 32 miles. You can easily get that distance out of that. So um, just a coincidence that it's the right distance or what?
0: It, it is. It's a perfect coincidence. And when we started doing this crossing a couple of years ago, um, it just so happened that, you know, Dan Michaluk was training for M2O and, and we were looking at other races like M2O and Chattajack, And it just so happened that this crossing was precisely 32 miles across. From from either you know Port Dalhousie or, or Niagara into Cherry Beach, uh, right, right. So pretty pretty cool coincidence that way.
1: Now there's so much history with crossing this lake uh, for swimmers. I mean, Marilyn Bell, I think she did it uh, in 1954. I think if my if my swimming history is correct, and uh, and there have certainly been a lot of people who have done this crossing um, in the past swimming swimming typically like you say leaving from. Niagara-on-the-Lake and and finishing at uh, what is now Maryland Bell Park in Toronto. But what made you decide to do this? I I, I know 2014 was kind of the, the genesis of this race. So tell me about the start and what made you decide to actually, you know, attempt this crossing.
0: Um, yeah, so 2014 was the first year we did it. Then, then Michalik and I did it in 2014, um, and the kind of I mean, it kind of uh, started uh, in that we're both we're both kind of like-minded in the sense that we're both kind of endurance junkies when it comes to paddleboarding, and we're both uh, uh, some would say it a little bit crazy in terms of the conditions <laughs> we go and go out and paddle in. Um, so it's a good match for us when when this idea came up, we were both fully on board. Uh, and as I said, like just coincidentally, this, the, the distance across was right in line with a lot of the other races we were training with and training for anyway. Right. Um, it made, it, it made sense from that perspective and, uh, really like, uh, just the open water nature of it was something that was pretty unique. So we were, we were, we were pretty, uh, interested in getting this going.
1: Now, in 2014, when you did it, um, I know you were you were on a paddleboard. Ro- uh, Dan, sorry, was uh, was on a prone. Um, as far as you know, had anyone ever done either of those crossings I- I- in the past?
0: Uh, so, for the prone paddleboard crossing, we we're pretty sure that Dan's crossing was the first one, um, without really much doubt. Uh, for stand-up, I think at, when we look back at it uh, over the course of the following year. We did find a couple people that did it uh, in 2012 and or 2013. It's, it's not 100% sure. Um, what, we're, what, are, what we're pretty confident in, though, is that that 2014 crossing was, was unassisted, right? So there, there was no getting on and resting on the escort boat and that kind of stuff. Uh, and we're pretty confident, too, that we set a new time benchmark. So we did that crossing in, I think, 545, uh, which was which was pretty solid pace at the time. So, <laughs> that's
1: that's quick. I mean, still, still, even today, that's a fast pace, no question, right?
0: And that's kind of what what got uh, the wheels turning. So we went back and did it again in 2015, and we thought, you know, can we do it in in tougher conditions? Can we do it faster? Um, in 2015, we did get tougher conditions, but we were a little bit slower. Um, uh, we had Gander join us in 2015 as well, so. Uh, the momentum was starting to build a little bit, and in 2015, actually, the conditions were, you know, through the last two and a half hours or so of that crossing, we had a, a pretty solid east wind building through the day, and the last two hours of that crossing, as we were coming into Toronto, we were we were not paddling in a lake anymore, right? We were we were out in an ocean, right? And I remember Dan out in the lake that day saying, "Robbie, this this feels a lot like M2O, and we're on we're out on Lake Ontario, so." Uh, that was that was a pretty incredible day too.
1: And was it was it basically during that crossing uh in twenty fifteen that you knew okay, next year we're gonna open this up to more people or, or did it take a little bit of uh convincing to you know, to actually organize a, a proper race for twenty sixteen?
0: Yeah, so that would have been September twenty fifteen. Um in October of that year, Dan and I were driving back from Chattajack in Tennessee and uh I guess I guess two guys in the car for ten hours. It's it's you know it st- started off with a question. Of, what do you what would you think about setting this up as 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 a small race next year, right? And then by the time we got to the Canadian border, the whole thing was pretty much drawn up.
1: <laughs> That's uh, yeah. That that is dangerous. A hey, two two distance paddlers uh, driving after doing something as you know legendary as uh, Chatterjack. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't plan a. Uh, didn't, I don't know, Atlantic Ocean crossing or something in those 10 hours. <laughs> so 2016, you open it up to, you know, to a, to a much wider field. And I should point out that with, you know, with 2016 and again with 2017, and, and we'll talk about sort of the, the the bigger picture here a little bit, but you're not just allowing anybody to, you know, sign up and, and sort of have at her. This is something that is a pretty serious race and and can be pretty dangerous, right? So what do you expect out of... The people who are registering for this race.
0: Uh, yeah, so we've been we've been very careful with with getting this started, right? So initially, uh, in 2016, we had set a pretty firm cap on the number of racers we were going to allow on the start line, just to keep the logistics uh, and 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 the safety under control. Uh, and we also uh, we do ask that anybody that enters this race last year and, and again this year. Uh, to provide us with some paddling history, so we're looking for um, uh, basically an ability to paddle at you know eight or eight and a half minutes per kilometer over a long period of time, and an ability and a proven history of paddling in some pretty tough conditions. So a Carolina Cup Graveyard race, for example, would probably tick off the box uh, from a from a condition standpoint, right? So the right. really the, yeah. the big message, yeah. um, the big message we're trying to put out there is that this is a serious event and it's a it's a it's a big big paddle um and that it you really should enter it in the mindset that um you know you're you're coming from a background of of, of, of a pretty strong paddling history
1: yeah yeah you've got that experience and it, now even with that said i know that uh safety is a you know pretty serious concern for you and even with the experience that you had registered last year you made the decision look we're not going to cross we're not going to actually cut directly across uh lake ontario so tell me about 2016 you're ready to go but made the call that no we need to do more of a more of a loop rather than a crossing
0: so we were we were looking at the forecast a few days out and there was a tropical storm sitting up in the northeast of the U S and it just would not move right for the, for the 10 days leading up to the race, it would not move. Um, so we had lightning on Saturday, which is obviously something you don't want to mess around with in the middle of the lake. Uh, and then on Sunday we had about 25 knots of Northwest wind sustained all day. Ooh. Wow. So Yeah. So it was, it was not possible. Um, and that's really one of the, one of the things with this race is that, um, the great lakes as, we all know paddling on, on these lakes, the conditions change a lot, and they change very quickly, and it's very hard to predict what you're going to get. So to account for that, we have, we have done a couple things, right? We have the two-day holding period, so we're going to race on Saturday or Sunday, depending on, on how that forecast looks. And then if that doesn't work uh, as, as it did in, in 2016, then we have a modified distance race that's uh, kind of near shore in Toronto, but that race, the way we have it set up, is, is to still be one of uh, one of the tougher and bigger distance races on the East Coast. Uh, and it, it ran about 32 kilometers last year, so that was right up there with some of the more prestigious races like, like Blackburn in Massachusetts or, or, or the Dean in Atlantic City. Uh, so it was, it, was a pretty, it was a pretty big challenge, regardless of, of the fact that we weren't actually doing a full Lake Ontario crossing.
1: Right. And you were still paddling in those, those gusty conditions. And I, I mean, the, uh, it certainly wasn't, like you say, it, it was not an easy race regardless of, of whether or not there was that crossing happening. Now you mentioned, you know, the conditions out in, out in the lake, how much different is it when you, you know, when you look at the edge of the lake, you know, close to the shore, even if you're kind of going out there, you know, five kilometers, 10 kilometers or something like that how much does it change when you get out into the middle of the lake and what what should people expect when they actually you know get that far out there and and as you mentioned at one point i think on the website you know you're basically surrounded by water maybe you can see the cn tower off in the distance but you're right in the middle so what are those conditions like or what can they be like out there
0: uh it's it's a pretty unique experience to be honest and you really you really have to be out there to understand it so uh the the conditions obviously depends on on what the wind is doing that day but as we all know like surfing in the lake for example you can easily get four five six foot swell uh we're probably not going to be crossing in those conditions but um the lake can certainly deliver those conditions right um but the middle of the lake like the 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 feeling you get out there is, is something you just, you just don't get piling near shore. The water is just, it's just different. Like the water is just, it, it moves differently. It has a different color, uh, right? The, the sound is different. It's almost like you're, you're in a vacuum out there in the middle of the lake. You don't really hear anything except maybe the water kind of bouncing around your board.
1: You talk about being a ghost. I've heard you refer to it as you're a ghost in the water. What does yeah, what that talk? What does that refer to
0: yeah and then so like visually you're you're out in the middle of the lake and you're 25 kilometers at least from anything. So um behind you you see nothing but water to your left. Uh you see nothing but water to your right. Nothing but water ahead of you is maybe on a very clear day you can kind of see the tip of the CN Tower. Um but other than that you're you're completely alone out there and it's it's a really unique experience uh to paddle in conditions like that.
1: Now for 2017, I know you you have moved the race uh, closer to uh, to the middle of the summer. Um, July 29th and 30th, I believe, are the are the two dates uh, that that you've got blocked off for it. So, was that mostly about weather, or you know, trying to trying to improve the chances of being able to actually do the crossing?
0: Yeah, that's all it is. It's just it's just better odds over a two day holding period of actually getting to do the full crossing. Um, we, we picked September initially because we get a little bit more wind in September and, uh, uh, Dan and I initially were really kind of going for this, this open water experience. And when it's two of us, uh, watching the weather and deciding when to go and cross, it's great. You can find a good breezy day and go do it. But when you have, you know, 30, 40, 50 people kind of waiting on you to make a decision and, and, and find a safe day to cross, we just kind of figure that, uh, that that July just gives us a much more stable weather window to go with,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and now I see you've also opened up the categories a little bit. You've added a, I know, a relay option, and uh, um, I believe outrigger canoe as well. Tell me about the expanded options for people.
0: Yeah, so we have <clears throat> we have categories for surf ski and outrigger, just just to be a little bit more inclusive for everybody, because there was there was quite a bit of interest coming in last year from 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 those paddlers. Uh, so we didn't want to shut the door on them. Uh, and the relay option is is really cool because uh, it, it's great for, for people who uh, either are not ready for a full 32 miles but still want to kind of experience what it's like out there in the middle of the lake. Uh, and we have two- and three-person relay teams going, right? So you can be... Uh, you can be paddling, uh, you know, 25K instead of 50K as a relay team. You can be paddling, you know, 15 or 16K as a three-person relay team, and that's that's a lot more in line with your, your typical uh, distance paddleboard race, right, of a, a 15 or 16K race. Uh, and then the other thing, too, is that um, uh, some people have had trouble securing escort boats, uh, and a two- or three-person relay team just allows more paddlers to get out there uh, with with a limited number of escort boats that that may be available so uh opens up the door for for a lot more options that way i think
1: yeah and and that's definitely something i wanted to ask you about as well the the escort boat is something that's a pretty major part of of this event and if you want to race this event you need to secure this this boat so i mean it makes sense you need to have a safety boat with you um but what's what's expected uh of the paddlers what do they what do they require in an escort boat? Uh,
0: so basically, an uh, escort boat that's 18 feet or longer with a spotter on it that can handle the open water of up to 15 or 20 knots, right? We're not going to necessarily paddle in 15 or 20 knots, um, but in a worst-case scenario, you need a boat that's able to handle itself out there with an experienced captain. This this is something that comes up a lot, and, I mean, believe me, we've, we've thought of every possible way to run this race without a one-to-one boat-to-paddler ratio, and this is really the only safe way to do it at the end of the day, right? And it's, it's an established practice in races like Catalina and M2O that has been historically very safe, and, uh, you know, we've thought of going with, you know, two or three people per boat that can maybe stick together, a diamond pattern using those, those GPS beacons, we've thought of it all. Really, this is the only way to do it safely uh at, at the end of the day
1: and in in 2014 um or sorry i believe it was twenty twenty fourteen. 2014 you did it completely uh self-supported um 2015 you mentioned that you're you out there and you had a boat that i guess was coming out to meet you and took hours to find you out in the water right
0: yeah I did so we we took off from niagara on the lake and the boat was probably 10 or 20 minutes behind us uh, it seemed pretty straightforward, you know we're just going to paddle straight out of of the Niagara river and you can you can meet us on the way. It took four hours to find us, so we were pretty much almost done the crossing by the time uh, that boat came in and and picked us up and It just is uh, a testament to how big the water is out there, right A lot of people don't really get that uh when you're out in the middle of of that lake you're you're you might as well be out in the ocean. Uh, so we're we're pretty conservative in terms of safety by having a one to one boat to paddler ratio, and that's really as much as we thought about it. It's really something that's that's not going to be negotiable.
1: <laughs> well, and I, yeah, I think it's a smart move. I mean, there's no question. And like you say, that 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 standard has been set or that precedent has been set with with other you know huge races, and uh, and so I think it makes sense. But right. so, Rob, if people want to get registered for this year if they want to get involved for this year um, i know registration opened on march 1st what do they need what do they need to do in order to to get signed up
0: uh, basically it's, it's the, the process is pretty simple go to niagara to uh, and you can register through that you can um, obviously first of all decide if you're going to do this alone or as a two or three person relay team uh, if you're going to do it solo, you probably also want to get on the water and start training pretty soon, <laughs> because uh, July 29th is going to come pretty quickly, and there are a lot of miles to build. Um, other than that, it's uh, it's a matter of, of making that decision, solo or relay, and then uh, I would probably get on the process of finding an escort boat pretty quickly. And, and there are actually a lot of escort boats out there, so... I know personally I I was able to find about 10 of them myself last year to help out uh, paddlers coming in from out of town, and I'm going to do the same thing this year. Uh, I know the guys at Osmosis who are are helping to run this race too. They're based out of Port Dalhousie, and the yacht club there has been a pretty good source for escort boats as well. So we're going to maintain a list. We're also going to give out-of-town paddlers first priority. So if you are coming in from somewhere like uh, Quebec or one of the U.S. states, which we did see a lot of, uh, entries from last year, uh, we are going to be helping you find an escort boat. Local paddlers should have have a pretty pretty uh, easy time getting set up. So, it's 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 getting your team or solo. It's it's getting on the water, training, and getting the escort boat, and then uh, and then cross your fingers and hope we get good conditions.
1: And, and actually I should mention with the, with those relays, they're using a single paddleboard, correct? They, they share a board, they can use their own paddles, but, uh, it is, uh, a, a, a one board per team sort of setup.
0: Yeah. So you'd have uh, two or three paddlers on the boat. Uh, and then you'd have a one board in the water. And, um, uh, effectively what you do is, is, uh, you can make exchanges whenever you want over the course of the 32 miles. And so what would happen is, is you know, one guy would be paddling. When you want to make an exchange, the person would jump in into the lake off the boat, swim out about, you know, 10 or 20 meters to meet the paddler. That paddler would swim back into the boat, and the new guy can just hop on the board and keep paddling. And it's, it's very seamless. And it's actually, it's actually a, I, I think, probably the most fun way to do this. And, and to be honest, I probably might find somebody to relay with myself <laughs> this year.
1: <laughs> a little less stressful than, uh, than having to train for a 50-kilometer for a Crossing, that's for sure. Right.
0: Yeah. Just, and it's just fun. Like, there's camaraderie involved with it, uh, you know, competing against the other teams. It's, 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 it's pretty fun. It's, and it's, it's a lot more enjoyable than just, you know, putting your head down and, and suffering through some of the mental ups and downs that come with doing 32 miles all by yourself.
1: Well, listen, thanks so much for uh, for joining me on the podcast here today and uh um for anyone who wants to check this race out, you can go to nagra 2 torontoca and that's 2 with the number 2. Go check it out, get registered and uh it's going to be it's going to be a fantastic race here, I think, and uh and I look forward to uh to checking it out.
0: All right, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on, Ben.
1: Thanks for listening to the Talks Up Canada podcast. Team song is courtesy of Arcanum Music, a website that promotes the work of small music producers. Our announcer is Josie Barkway. If you like the idea of a Canadian-focused paddleboarding podcast, please share this on social media and drop us a rating on iTunes. If you have an idea for a future episode, or if you're interested in sponsoring the show, email me at dan@talksup.ca. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, get out there and live the dash.